Greetings, members of St. Paul, friends and family. On behalf of my dear colleagues, many of whom are in the room this morning, on behalf of Lakeside Lutheran and its Federation, we deeply appreciate your partnership in the gospel with us. But especially from the portion of the vast armies of God risen by the Holy Spirit and my dear friends, and some of the coolest people to walk the face of the earth, the students of Lakeside Lutheran, again, many of whom are obviously in the room. May God the Holy Spirit give us life as he gives us the word, as he gives us faith, as he gives us Jesus. Nobody was there, but Moses wrote about it by inspiration of the Spirit. A clump of dust was gathered up by Creator God from everything he had so far created on day six. And it remains just a clump of matter in his hands until he breathes. And because God breathes, life begins. It doesn't happen any way else. When God breathes, life is given. And Adam stands to his feet and hears the word of God. Lots of the word of God before Eve is even created. A dear friend lies in a cold dead tomb now day four. He had purposely waited even though Mary and Martha had sent word that his friend was sick to the point of death. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. And after wiping his own human tears of grief and emotion from his eyes, he speaks to Lazarus' grave and says, Lazarus, come out. And life begins again for Lazarus because Jesus said so. The Spirit of Christ gives life. It is Pentecost again. Men who locked themselves behind closed doors because they were afraid. The moment the Spirit breathed into them and gave them the ability to speak and understand the languages of the people who were there, men like Peter who stood up in the face of lies and fears and questions, courageously preaches the sermon of his life. And all who heard it were amazed and understood the wonders of God. Because the Spirit, through the Word, gives life where there once was death. Ezekiel the prophet, he's an interesting fellow. If you read through Ezekiel, you understand quickly that his interaction with God's people was unlike any of his contemporaries or those who came before or after. God gave Ezekiel some pretty crazy, weird, odd object lessons to live out among his people. One of them that is closely tied to our lesson for today is actually quite sad from a human standpoint. When Ezekiel's wife died, God instructed him not to visibly mourn for her death. The joy and delight of his bride 
would not be grieved publicly by Ezekiel to visualize for Israel, God would not shed a tear when he would destroy temple, priesthood, Jerusalem, and sweep his people away into Persian captivity for generations to come. Ezekiel was a contemporary of the beginnings and the starts of that destruction. God would indeed strip them down to their very dead, dry bones. Which brings us to Ezekiel 37. Another interesting lesson for prophet Ezekiel. God sweeps him away to a vision to see this valley of bones. Not skulls, not skeletons, not dead bodies. Dry bones randomly scattered throughout the valley. They were dead. Son of man, can these bones live? Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Prophesy to these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. Ezekiel was preaching and learning and listening and representing God at a time where people who had lost sight of things were off into all kinds of naughty and terrible sins against their Lord. But they were living out in what we call a carnal security in temple, in priesthood, in Jerusalem, in being Abraham's children. You've heard it all before. And God said, I'm going to strip you down to nothing and ask you, can they live? And then I'm going to promise to bring them back. My faithful remnant... I will bring them back, a vast army of God. Back to temple, back to Jerusalem. They'll rebuild. They'll look forward in that place where my son will be born and live and preach and heal the sick and raise the dead and die on a cross and raise from a tomb back here where you belong. I will bring you back. Can these bones live? Guys like Daniel, who safely slept a night with lions. Guys like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego whose hairs on their arms were not singed and bodies were not harmed because they stood up in courage to stand up for the Lord who gave them life and breath. See, God had not abandoned them. He just stripped them down from the things that caused them to trust in themselves or external things to remind them that what gave them life was the word he had placed in their hearts and in their lives and in their homes. And they would live because he gave them life, not because they had somehow earned or deserved it because of who they were or where they lived or what temple they were nearby. He would make them live. Can these bones live? And then we're reminded of all those wonderful, simple catechism verses. You were dead in your transgressions in which you used to live, and dead bodies don't rattle around with bones. Dead bodies don't lift a finger to do something for themselves, and spiritually dead bodies certainly remain hostile to God. Jesus Vine says, Apart from me you can do nothing. Surely I was sinful at birth from the time my mother conceived me. All of these passages string together. And as Paul reminds us, there's no one who does good, not 
not even one because we're dead by nature another big beautiful illustration in the Bible lots of people know most of you know is the, the, the flood and the rescue of Noah and his family in a big boat and after they got out of that big boat and stood on dry ground God said of Noah wonderful man he is no he said of him there is every inclination of sin all of the time nothing but sin this faithful righteous man I have now rescued dead and dead bones in a valley and spiritually dead hearts don't rise to themselves in their own occasions to initiate God the spirit must give life and that's exactly the lesson today and always Jesus acts differently today is Pentecost again and as pastor so keenly reminded us 50 right uh, in fact Old Testament people should have really gotten the point seven weeks times five brings them back to another festival another key point in God's doing what he was doing in their lives 750 Pentecost when the counselor comes who I will send out in my name he will advocate for you and he will give you life because he will give you me and everything I did and said among you and they were reminded of a Jesus who was born in Bethlehem just seven miles away from that newly re renovated temple and place he lived and breathed and died among them and preached and taught and healed the sick and raised the dead and died on a cross and rose from a tomb and shortly before all of that going away just 10 days ago at his ascension said all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and I will be with you and the way I will be with you is I will pour out my spirit on you because the spirit will give you life that's how it works it is Pentecost again and people who were afraid men who were locked indoors stood up and preached that's how it works do you see the point of the valley do you see Ezekiel's dry bones object lesson for St. Paul's today for Lakeside for the church of God you see they were all they were all interested in the external things the divine priesthood the temple the, the duties tell us what we should do and we'll avoid what we shouldn't do and we'll all be good right and then in the meantime these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me they're all interested in the externals but their hearts are dead to personally and individually hearing the word of the Lord I will speak and you will live beautiful building seven years ago almost to the day I was privileged to stand in a similar pulpit in a very similar room same architect in fact 2013 Mother's Day and my congregation and I all believed we had accomplished something great and we did we believed the room would bring us all kinds of wonderful things but the, the room and the church and the, de and the temple doesn't do the work. It creates more. Get ready, St. Paul's. The work has just begun, not ended. And now you're tired. I remember. Pastor Nass is a bright guy. 
He's got a wall full of bucks, re reads all of them, probably remembers most of it. You have three pastors, wonderful men. Um, they do all of the work, right? They'll be here. They'll never leave. Let them do all of the studying. You see, your sinful nature doesn't like the hard work of personal study and learning things for yourselves. Your sinful nature sees its death at the word of God and chooses not to. Do you see the point? These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Don't, don't interest me in things that cause me to study it for myself. Can these bones live? I will speak to you individually, singular in the Hebrew in our text, and you will live. To whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Where do we go when there's family trouble? Where do we go when there's trouble in the church, in the ministry? Where do we go when a loved one dies and we need the courage of life? Where do we go when there is no courage and we stand alone, afraid of the things in our life, fearful of what is to come? Where do we go for the courage that took Peter to stand up and speak for his Lord without fear in the face of fear? Where do we go when we sin? And we feel terrible for the naughty things we've done. We go to the word of the Lord that says, I forgive you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in the forgiveness of sins, God cleanses us. And wiping away our sin doesn't just give us forgiveness. He gives us faith and life and courage. A vast army standing up. Prophesy to these bones, Ezekiel. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of God. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will make you breathe, and you will enter you, and you will come to life. And Ezekiel prophesied, and they started to rattle. And he prophesied some more, and they stood up. And he prophesied some more. And the word of God put tendons and muscles and skin, and they started to look like bodies. No, many bodies. No, a vast army of God on its feet, alive and well, ready to go. I will make you live. The Spirit gives life. Where there once was death, through the word where he promised to be found. That's how it works. The breath of God speaks, and plain water is baptism for the renewal of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of sins. The breath of the Spirit speaks and a splash of Mogan David and a taste of unleavened bread is the very body and blood given for you for the forgiveness of your sins. The breath of the Lord speaks in a classroom and young men and women are capable of learning young Timothy's lesson. The Holy Spirit will give you insight to all of these things and they can critically learn and think through these things for themselves and grow in their faith because the word of God gives them the power to do so. And they don't have to just inherit the traditions of their fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers. They can learn it for themselves. And this is why we have a school And this is why we are glad for them. And this is why we love them with the word. The breath of God speaks and he raises a vast army. Every generation needs Pentecost. 
Every generation needs the breath of the Spirit to breathe for ourselves his word and give us life where there once was death and give us life in a word that is relevant every age that this globe stands under the hand of God to raise us up. The voice and breath of the Spirit speaks and gives life and one day it will speak to you and say, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take the inheritance prepared for you since the beginning of time and I will give you life eternal. That's how it works. The Spirit gives Jesus. The Spirit gives life. Stand up, vast army, marching as to war, marching as to victory, marching as to glory. The peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. And amen. Would you please join me in the creed and stand? <clears throat>